0: One ball, one slide one out, one run. That kid in the back and the kids when he done. The- Welcome, everyone, to a long-awaited Northside cast. You've all been waiting with bated breath and stop eating bait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> forklift here, and uh, as always, our uh, Rocky Mountain High correspondent, Oleg.
1: <laughs> I just happen to be in Denver now, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. And and here to sing Jerusalem is Tonker.
2: What's, I can sing it if you like. <laughs> what, what's so Jerusalem? Oh, I, even, I know all the words. I uh, know both verses even. Did,
0: that, that does that, not surprise me. Well. <laughs> At some point, we're going to have to devote
2: time for you to do your uh, poem to the haggis. Oh, yeah, we can do that one, definitely. I know that one off by heart as well.
1: Mm. There's oh, actually a is there a poem of the haggis? There's like an actual, Robert like ode, an ode, ode, oh. ode to the haggis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got you. Yeah. All right, all right.
0: Yeah, and and basically every time somebody trots out a haggis, somebody has to recite it. Right? Is that the deal? Yeah, you can't
2: just cut up a haggis. You have to um, you have to talk nice to it first. Okay. It's a bit like it's a bit like uh, uh, making love to a beautiful woman. You can't just. <laughs> Well, that, you, can't that, just
0: that, crack, you can't just crack on with it, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, well, that's a departure from your usual cutting up beautiful <laughs> women and making love to haggises.
1: <laughs> holy, holy shit. This is a record for off the rails. <laughs> this is a record. Like, it's, it's, it's uh, 30 seconds in and we're off the rails.
0: Well, look, I, before we get into rails, we are not discussing last night's debate. Ha! Um, holy shit. Let's get right into Cub stuff. Cause there actually yeah. is some, mm-hmm. um, yesterday the gold glove finalists were announced and seven Cubs are finalists.
2: Um, uh, apparently this time I heard this time it was, it was done on a statistical basis. Basically.
0: It is. It it's just, it's all being done. I think through stat cast data, although I'm not sure how it's weighted because for instance, with shortstops, uh, uh, Fernando Tatis led the league in outs above
2: average, and he is not a finalist.
1: Huh. Hmm. I was kind of surprised to see that. I, I mean, obviously, I surprised to see right, players, I, I but... wouldn't
2: have said he's a gold glover either, to be honest. Uh, perhaps. Yeah. It's, uh, but it's, it's all come out in the wash. But um, you'd think if he'd made more outs above average than anybody else, he'd be in the mix at least. Eh?
0: Yeah, I honestly have no idea where he stands in terms of number of errors. Um, well,
2: maybe they just got loads and loads and loads of ground balls to short um, in San Diego.
1: Why would that be a bad thing? Like, why would that yeah. be a negative against them? No, no, except oh, I
2: don't mean, like know what the definition of above average yeah, right, is. Right. If purely, I mean, if yeah, right, right. It's just the number of outs he made. No, or no. if it's the number of expectations. Yeah, the
0: one there's, well, there was one cub that was a pleasant. pleasant. Oh, freezing up. You all right, Tucker. All right, we're back. Um, one that was, was a pleasant running. surprise was seeing Wilson Contreras make the finals.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that was that was a nice pleasant um, surprise. And Nico Horner, just by the fear you know by the, know, by the sheer fact that
0: he didn't play a lot. Yeah, he he played I think 15 games at second base, mm-hmm. but he's second in the National League and outs above average, which is mm-hmm. you know for 15 games that's really good. Yeah, yeah, he might be all right over there. He'll have yeah. uh, he'll have value um,
1: just he can hit a little bit and that'll that'll do it.
0: I was going to say, I remember the last time the Cubs had a uh, a converted shortstop at second base who uh, turned in gold glove defense, and it took him a couple years for his bat to get going, and there's a 23 mm-hmm. hanging on a flagpole for him. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, of course, you could also be talking about Javi Baez in 2016. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, I think everybody figured at some point, because of Russell's arm, at some point Baez was going to be at short. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, it just happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, man. But that's, uh, that, that's fun, right? That's yeah, seven Cubs players. And two pitchers. Two out of the three pitchers are Cubs. Right? Um, Hendricks <laughs> and Mills. <laughs> the other one? Mills. Hendricks and yep. Mills. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, two out of the three catchers in the American League are White Sox. Right? McCann and uh, Grandal both are finalists. Yeah, the White um, techs had five themselves. Those... Yeah, I mean Luis Robert is insanely good. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but who was um, did they have. Who, I mean, I didn't see the full list. Obviously, the two Mankata. catchers, Robert.
1: Oh yeah, Moncada. and oh, and um, uh, the, then the second baseman. When the when the second baseman. Oh
0: yeah. Um, yeah well, no, it's, it's not important. Anyway, it's not important. Um, And of course, the the added bonus in all of this was Yadier Molina.
2: Yadier (laughs) doing
0: Yadier things. What did. Utterly uh, fucking insufferable,
2: isn't he? He really is. He
0: he basically uh, put forth on social media the proposition that Major League Baseball did not want him to pass, to catch Johnny Bench in gold gloves because he's Puerto Rican, ignoring the fact that the. Lead, the career leader in Gold Gloves by a catcher is Ivan Rodriguez, who is from Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, uh, uh, with a heavy, I mean, heavy implication, if not outright saying that he he thought that um, that the numbers basically favoured him, and that uh, Major League Baseball or Warlings or whoever was ignoring the numbers, um, where where whereas actually, as we've just discussed this year, it's about the numbers so he has been demonstrably and um observably not the best catcher not the best defensive catcher um in the national league yeah he actually pissing and moaning about it
0: he actually has been riding reputation for a good five years he's it's been a long time since he's been among the leaders and uh, well, especially in the stat cast era where they're measuring framing better and all the other, he's just not there. He's gotten. And the fact, I think his big complaint and he can't come out and say it is that, you know, he knows his last couple of gold gloves were on reputation. And, uh, you know, now that they're going straight defensive metrics, reputation doesn't matter. You know, if reputation matters. He's,
2: he's being found out, basically. And, uh, yeah. I can imagine he doesn't like it. But,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Cry me a river. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, well, he's basically Jim Sundberg with one more ring. So there's no
1: – all right, I can't figure it out. I, want, I wanted to see where he actually stood, so I tried finding it. But there's
0: no actual uh, outs above average for catchers? No. No. I, I couldn't find one either, but there yeah. is, uh, you know, you could look at his framing and a mm-hmm. couple other things.
2: Well, they do not just get credited with, with strikeouts. So you can't, you can't, your answer by average would be, would be. Right. I don't
1: know. Well, I think, I think, catches. I think you might, you, you're, you're thinking of, strict, of strictly, uh, you know, um, not an assist, but whatever else. Well, you know, no, a
0: strikeout, I think a strikeout is technically a put out by the catcher.
1: Yeah, right, so but I, can't... I But but I don't think it's so above average. Looks at, at that, does it? No, I don't. I don't no, actually know what it does. I'm so. sure we, we really need way Yeti to do...
2: here for this, don't we? Yeah. yeah,
1: boy, he would know.
2: We need a yeah, stat dweeb. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, well,
0: so, so, but, so, so I mean, I don't
2: need to be a stat dweeb to enjoy the fact that Javier Molina <laughs> isn't nominated for a gold glove.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <are they> <laughs> I just... that
2: entirely without the stats.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know when he retires from baseball, and as people start pouring over his actual numbers, and you know reputation fades in the in the space of the five year waiting period, the reputation will fade. People will say, "Look, this guy has got a he's got a WRC plus of under a hundred. He's yeah he's below league average offensively for his career, and." We can't put
1: him in. <laughs> do you, like, we were talking about this uh, a little bit earlier. How many current not, – not, like, to be Hall of Famers, not players who are on track to be Hall of Famers. But, actually, if they retired tomorrow, they'd be Hall of Famers. How many are there in the league right now? Like, what do you what do you think? I know that's putting you a little bit on the spot, and that's probably a little bit of thinking to do, right? But off oh. the top of your head, you know, you got Cabrera, Kershaw. I mean, it all – Like got me thinking when I was watching Game One of the World Series. So you got yeah Trout. I don't know, is Butts in that list? If Butts retired tomorrow, is he a Hall of Famer?
0: Um, Probably he because he's got one MVP, and it's one of his things too. If these guys retired tomorrow, you'd look at the career cut short thing. Yeah, that's true. Right. He'd get in the same way that Kirby Puckett got in.
1: That's okay. That's a good point. All right, all right. He had a
0: pretty short career.
1: But there's um, there's there's quite a few. We're we're and I don't know like how this compares to other other eras, but there seem to be a, an awful lot of, of of Hall of Famers playing right
0: now. There are, every era has a pretty decent patch. Um, you know, one of the questions is going to be uh, there's going to have to be some reevaluation of starting pitching mm-hmm. because you know there's certain landmarks that. Voters have always used. They've always used career wins. they have always used career strikeouts right, right. like that. And, you know, John Lester has, I, you know, at this point, I would say John Lester's probably borderline mm-hmm. and, you know, he's going to have to limp along next year to get his 200th career win where yeah. 300 has always kind of been the benchmark. Yeah, nobody's, yeah. nobody's ever going to win 300 games again. No, probably not. You know, it's probably not. not the way that not the way the pitchers are being used. But I think that
1: the, the, the voters themselves are also uh, uh, kind of evolving into not really looking at pitcher wins or, or those things anymore, right? The, the oh, yeah. voters are evolving along with, the, um, with how we look at those statistics. And so yeah. that's always – So I don't know, that to me always uh, is kind of an interesting question. And do you, like, I, I don't know. Is there a lot uh, – like, I mean, there's probably a good dozen players, 12 to 14 players right now, who I think are surefire Hall of Famers. Go like if they retire tomorrow. Never mind about the the voting early
0: thing because that kinda kept that soft. But yeah. I well if they retire tomorrow, I don't, don't know that there's that, places, that many. Right? There's a bunch of guys on a track. I'm sorry, oh. Tom. I was speaking over you.
2: No, no, that's fine. I was just just checking that Oleg's including Ian Hap in his list of <laughs>
0: including, including, Yeah, no, no, not not, not not yeah. I,
1: I figure he needs another half a year, like a good half a year that he's in.
2: another sixty games.
1: Right, 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 and then he's for in, sure, basically. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much how it works. But I, I don't know. I think there are a good dozen, right? Kind of, like, like posy yeah, Posey, Cabrera, Kershaw, Trout. Uh, I don't know. Is Ryan Braun in? Is he a Hall of Famer? <laughs>
0: I'm asking. him. I don't know. <laughs> put his plaque. Put his plaque underneath the urinal. <laughs> um,
2: Honestly, I, I can't, There's part of me thinks. That had he just cheated and held his hands up and you know uh, sort of accepted it, he could have put it behind him in the way that one or two others have done. Yeah, he was such a dick about
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Him and A Rod both,
0: right?
2: Yeah, and honestly, yeah. I think that can't have done him any good.
0: Right. Whereas a guy like David Ortiz just mm-hmm. you know took a suspension. Yeah. Um, and. You know, I don't think he'll, you know, that's one of the questions. Who's going to be the first, like, real juicer to go in? And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be Ortiz. Uh, I mean, Actually, I, I'd kind of forgotten
2: that, he, that he'd that he been caught. Right. Until you well, said and just now. So yeah, and that's, 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 that's why uh, I
0: think he'll be the first one in it. Right.
2: I think that's a reasonable assumption, then, actually, yeah. I think it's
1: reasonable to assume there's already one in. Oh, yeah. I mean,
2: um, well, isn't I mean, put
0: Rodriguez in?
1: Yeah. He was in the, so, he was, he was certainly in the, um, yeah, uh, yeah. He
0: was in the Texas Rangers, uh, their little medicine show.
1: Right. And uh, he and, was in the uh, Warren report, right? Was it, was it the Warren yeah. report? What was it called? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. But, uh, no, not the Warren report. Um, Mitch, yeah, it was the it was Jeff the Mitchell Day Report. report. I mean, that's it. That's show report. Yeah. The yeah, Warren report was, was the killed JFK. Killed JFK. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. Pudge Rodriguez killed JFK. <laughs> and, you heard him here first. And no discussion of steroids would be complete yeah. without us talking about Tony LaRussa being interviewed for the White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. That's
1: uh, like, uh, that's wonderful. I, I, I know that I, I, I wrote that, that uh, I, you know, fully croissened uh, back last off season a while ago when all the managers were getting hired, it seemed to be a whole lot of, Kind of these new managers, like who who have that uh, uh, the, the this uh, this kind of uh, way of, of messaging the the analytics coming down from the front offices out to yeah. the players, being able to put those into use. Um, and the reason why it seems that the reason why they fired Renteria is because, or at least some of it was because he kind of pushed back on some of those analytics, and he kind of pushed back on using those. Right. That's why the white side, I think that was one of the reasons that was given. I don't know if that was an official reason or if it was just sort of a uh, uh, conjecture. But, uh, but yeah, that's hilarious that they would go to La Russa, who does not at all strike me as the kind of guy who would do very well with a bunch of spreadsheets out in front of him, trying to figure out whom to pinch. Well, he's, he's, uh,
2: if I remember correctly, he's historically had problems with numbers, right?
1: Uh, yeah, especially uh, blood to blood, blood alcohol level.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, 093 0- yeah, is exactly. the number he's that, got. Whether the numbers are significant or not is uh, <laughs> something he has a great deal of difficulty <laughs> figuring out. And you know, also,
0: you know, also as as Major League Baseball is taking great pains to, to show their wokeness with, uh, you know, all the Black Lives Matters, uh, yeah. holding black ribbons and everything else yeah. for it. And that lasted a day. Right. Um, and, uh, but Tony LaRussa has been pretty vocal against those types of statements. And to put him in charge of a White Sox team that has, you know, like they have Black American stars on that team, like Tim Anderson, but also mm-hmm. just this huge population of Cuban players. That having him come into that clubhouse. Just like I've I've said from from the middle of the season that yeah. the White Sox pursuing Trevor Bauer would be an absolute disaster for the same reason. There are certain people you just do not want to bring into the White Sox clubhouse. All it will do is make take a clubhouse with a good vibe and young players who are all kind of c- coalescing. They're all coming together really nicely. Mm-hmm. And if you bring in a Trevor Bauer or a Tony La Russa into that environment, it's just going to poison everything. It, was just, it would just be an unmitigated disaster.
1: Yeah, but I think, I, I, I think that uh, you might be overstating a little bit uh, just how much Tim Anderson and Lucas Giolito seem to be at least somewhat outspoken. But I think that there's a little bit of, um, I think, overstating just how much politics comes into a clubhouse. And and frankly, how much you know, how much wokeness there really is in 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 the major league clubhouse?
0: Well, I'm I don't think it's a matter of wokeness. I just think it's a matter of when you when you see these guys who are pretty who are vocal in mm-hmm. one end of things, like Bauer or like yeah, yeah yeah You know, it doesn't matter if the other guys in the White Sox, if you know, they're if they just want to play ball and have a good time. They don't want a guy like Trevor Bauer coming in.
1: That's true. That's probably true. That
0: lightning rod. They don't want any part of that. And, uh, um, yeah, I just look, there's plenty of good douchey teams out there for Trevor Bauer. He'd look great in a Phillies uniform. (laughs) Yeah. He and Bryce Harper, perfect. Go. Yeah,
1: because I, mean, I kind of look at it, like I can't imagine that Chris Bryant or I mean Anthony Rizzo kind of what, that has done some things that uh, that would at least uh, that would at least on the surface look like they're 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 somewhat uh, uh, somewhat progressive. Uh, not that he is certainly I don't think he is. But um, you know Jason, if Jason Hayward and Kyle uh, uh, and Kyle Schwarber can coexist. And I think that there might be, not that to your point, it's not necessarily that they're butting heads, but that, you know, being vocal on one under the other can kind of kill the middle, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, they can, I mean, look, the, in the seventies, the A's, first the A's and then the Yankees, those guys just straight hated each other's guts. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm, But
0: when they got between the lines, they did, they did their jobs, and you know Reggie Jackson, the, the one of the common denominators between those two teams, mm-hmm. walked away with five rings.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that that's right. Does uh, does winning? Uh, what you know? What came first, the winning or the chemistry?
0: Oh, with the A's it was certainly the win. Well, I mean, that was that was a lot of talent, and then think, the Yankees just went and bought all the talent that the A's used to have. <laughs> and I think that there's I mean that's kind of my argument, right? Is is yeah you know, you talk
1: about clubhouses a lot, but I think that, you know, winning kind of cures all. And so.
0: Um, To a degree, I do think that, you know, these are, especially this year, these guys were together on the road and basically sequestered. And you saw what happened with Cleveland where a couple of guys, uh, they went out and they violated the protocols and, you know, Clevenger, who's a good ball player, you would think, mm-hmm. you know, he, he'd be a good enough ball player to where the other guys on the team would let it slide. Instead, Clevenger winds up getting traded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Gosh. there, there is a point where the clubhouse, uh, there's uh, there's a line. There's clearly a line. Yeah, we and, talked about it. I, I know it was months for ago. Each, for each, I mean, it's the same with individuals It is it, as it is with groups, where for everyone that line is in a different place.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, think we too, I, mean, I know it was months ago, but we sort of talked about that when the Cubs were going into Cleveland. It's, you know, the Cubs being the only team in the league who didn't have a single case. Um, and they, they, they kept things on, on lockdown. And it was
0: yeah.
1: – they were – they did what they had to do. And they got yeah, through it. And,
0: and, you know, that goes and, a lot. And, it, and look at the good it did
1: them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they, they won the division. They made the playoffs. They, they won the division. They made the playoffs. I don't
0: know. Yeah. And then <laughs> – <laughs> and then and then they yeah. then, then they then they stopped. Then well,
2: they didn't Some, hit somehow, it all anyway.
0: Somehow none of the players got COVID and all their bats got COVID. Right. <laughs> like I was just that was a god awful offensive season. Yeah. And you know I'm, another
2: god awful offensive season.
0: Yeah, and you know this brings another thing: is the Cubs are, I mean, they're I think they're going to wait until the World Series is over before they make any announcements, but. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, there hasn't been any announcement one way or the other over what's going to happen with Theo Epstein, but also the coaching staff uh, at this point is still completely intact. Yeah. And you think that Anthony Iaposi, at yeah. the very least, would be gone.
1: Yeah. I, I, I mean, they got a... I, I don't know what the expectations are of, like, that, you know, they, the pitch lab, and I think you were the one who made this point in our slack. Uh, like, the pitch labs actually uh, has some... Um, has some positive results from it.
0: yeah. Right? Well, like when I, I know when I did the report cards on the pitchers, mm-hmm. I talked about uh, a couple of the different guys. I mean, most significantly is Craig Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. But um, the other big win for the pitch lab this year has been Adbert Yeah, He developed that slider. Mm-hmm. And, you know, next... I mean, he's going to start the year as the Cubs' five starter. But, you know, with, with that fastball... Mm-hmm. and uh all he has to do is work on mixing his pitches a little better and he can be mm-hmm. a he could be a very yeah, real and very dependable number three yep
2: yeah, absolutely his ceiling is clearly way above number number five there's
0: no yeah doubt yeah about that
1: yeah. yeah and you know then maybe we see my you know, mark house next september i mean assuming that you have a regular baseball season right i think right it
0: now right now it's not looking like it's looking like the minor leagues are going to be a little bit more than this year and mm. that um, the Cubs will still have uh, a taxi squad in South Bend, but mm-hmm. there will be guys in uh, Arizona. There's okay. guys in Arizona now. Right, right, right. You know, they're, they're having the Arizona Fall League or some, mm-hmm. some form of the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, so I, I think the Cubs going into next year from a pitching perspective might be okay. I mean, they, they kind
1: of have to sign somebody. They got to spend some money. And that's... Yeah,
0: they, well, and one of the things that you might see, um, you know, it was a, Bad luck for Chatwood and Quintana, but good luck for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. That those guys right now have pretty much no value on the open market because there are a lot. Of,
1: the, the problem is there aren't a lot of starters on the open market, and I think somebody's going to pay Quintana. Somebody's going to give Quintana
0: a three-year deal. I think. Yeah, Quintana, I could see getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, Chatwood is going to be a tougher one. Yeah, I don't, but I don't. I also don't know that I'm
1: good. that, that I'd be comfortable with Chatwood as you know in the rotation next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think they have four four guys right now who are who are pretty solidly in the rotation. I wouldn't mind like of, of everybody, and I know that he might be done, but but what the hell, you know, give give Lester the pip spot, you know, sign him to a two year, I don't know, twenty million dollar deal or something like that. Whatever, you know, whatever Chad Lester gets, two eighteen.
0: Uh well, they're giving him ten either way mm-hmm. this year. Right. So. Yeah, if as long as you're paying him ten, you might as well give him a few more to mm-hmm. have stick around for a year. Yeah, um, and see where it goes from there. I mean, yeah, if I'm, I would not give John Lester two years. I'd give him a year and an option. At, at yeah, maybe, yeah, something like that. Like
1: whatever, right? It's. I think the second year, the good thing about the ten million dollars that I think they're paying him, I'm not sure that that would count towards the luxury tax, um, and that's always kind of top of mind for
0: for the Ricketts right. side. Right. So. Um, and uh, the other thing that you know, and this is this is a big thing for the Cubs is we're now one year away from Schwarber, Baez, uh-huh. Rizzo, and Bryant contracts all expiring.
1: Well, depending on what what happens with arbitration this year, and I'm not saying this for you know based on my Schwarber hate reputation, but uh, would it surprise anybody if Schwarber got non-tender? Yes, I mean he yes, might be a ten million dollar
0: player in arbitration. Yeah, but he's got trade value. Does he? Yeah. Especially no, I'm well,
2: I'm, I, mean, I I love I love Schwarber as much as anybody, uh-huh, but uh-huh. I'm not. He hasn't. He never broke out in the way that we hoped he would. All right. And I There are
0: there are teams out there that can use a left handed bat that can give you thirty home runs. Just. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Kyle Schwarber is ever going to have a five win season. I don't know mm-hmm. that he will. But no. there are teams out there that, you know, could use a bat like his. Mm. Um, and, I mean, you know, the fact that he's average in the outfield means you don't even need to DH him every day. Yeah. Um, no, so yeah. He's,
2: he's, not, he's not disastrous out there at
0: all. No. Um but, yeah, I don't, see, I don't see Schwarber being non-tendered. If anything, I see him yeah. being traded. Um, and of the four, he's, he's the one I could – and, again, I love Schwarber. The guy's uh-huh. a fun player to watch, you uh-huh. know, because, you know, who doesn't like seeing 450-foot home runs? <laughs> but, you know, of the four, he's, he's the guy that I think uh, – he's the guy I think the Cubs can win without. The easiest.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, a healthy Chris Bryant is an elite ball player. A healthy Javier Baez is a complete oh, ball player. Honestly, yeah.
2: I'm I'm starting to wonder about Bryant. About Bryant? Yeah,
1: I am. Oh, it's a it's, it's a bunch of nagging injuries, and I think that those are yeah. part of the you know part of the narrative. And I don't know. What do you like? That's the other thing, right? Like how how do you do you cut your losses? Thinking that, hey, if he asks for three hundred million dollars, that's—I don't think anybody's giving him three hundred million dollars next year, unless he comes, comes back with, with an. Three
2: hundred million dollars. I'll be.
1: Yeah, seriously,
2: it, seriously disappointed.
1: If it comes back with an MVP season, now he's got something. But right. how do you, how do you take that, that chance? Right. I put slow.
0: Right. Like I mean, the Phillies overpaid for Bryce Harper. Uh huh. And, you know, right now, Bryant and Harper are kind of looking like the same guy where, you know, when they're healthy, yeah, you can get a five-win season. Mm-hmm. When they're not healthy, you know, it turns into a mess pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what the Cubs have, the Cubs do have the luxury of another year of taking a look at where they are with him. Um, and also, the, the thing with the Cubs is because they're already, they're paying him 17 now. Yeah, and that's before his contract comes up. So if they bump him up to 25, that's really not that big of a hike. You know, at this point, but, you know, a couple it's the of years, years ago, right? Well, a couple of years ago, it looked like Chris Bryant was going to be in line to not maybe mm-hmm. not make Mike Trout money, mm-hmm. but at least be in that neighborhood. And now, oh, down, yeah. yeah, at this point, I would say, you know, you pretty much look at the money Nelson Arenado's getting. And yeah. a, health, a healthy Bryant, you know, he and Arenado, you know, Bryant's, uh, Bryant's got a better bet. Arenado's got a better glove. Mm. But overall, they're kind of the same guy. Mm-hmm. Um, That's probably a
1: good comparison for, for a gotcha. Bryant's got to have one more amazing year in order to cash in. And if he doesn't,
0: right. You know, yeah, I but, know. you know, there's a case where, you know, Bryant's going to be, what, 29 this season? That old? No. Is that right?
1: I guess that is. Right. Huh.
0: He's
2: got to be getting on for that.
1: Yeah. Interesting. What well, if he, the, uh, go
0: ahead. Uh, he will be 29 on January 4th. Oh. Um, so and what yeah, we're that, saying is
2: I think that he's passed his best and the Cubs should ditch him. Right? Reading between the lines
0: there. Oh, um,
1: here's, here's the question well, that i no. got.
0: It's not a matter of, it's not a matter of him being beyond his prime. It's just a matter of how many years do you want to go in? So at this point, I would say, you know, eight years, 200 million is
2: about the most I mm. want to go on. Yeah, you not more than eight, are you? I don't think anybody, I and mean, honestly, yeah. if you're doing it today, you don't go anywhere near eight even. If he has a good year, next year, then you think about eight maybe. Even then that's absolute outside.
1: What if the Dodgers offer, say, Dustin May and Gavin Lux for And I don't know why they would for a year of Chris Bryant.
0: Right, I'd jump well, on that. but First
2: of all, fuck the Dodgers. <laughs> I think it's important, to, it's important to say that.
0: But I also think it's important to say that Tonker would be very happy to have a good ginger on the team.
2: I really fucking wouldn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well what if you go out, what if you
1: trade for Dustin May and you trade for Justin or you sign Justin Turner?
2: Well yeah, that a that's just key right there. there. That's a, a Justin key Dustin.
0: Oh, and what? Justin Dustin. And <laughs> and but yeah, the Cubs the Cubs could just go all ginger.
1: What's the and who they're who, gonna
0: fire David Ross, bring Matt Merton to manage?
1: Didn't they just fire Matt Martin for something? Yes. They they got or he I didn't even know he was on
0: the uh on the payroll. You know, I mean, that's, that when that's you look really, at minor league instructors and things like that. Yeah. There's all kinds of guys that were cubs once upon a time that have been mm-hmm. drawing paychecks to do something.
1: And that's uh like I I don't I don't know, I haven't uh I haven't dived into uh to who it is. But that's a pretty scary proposition on its own for me is, is, is firing all those scouts and, and, and kind of getting rid of the support personnel.
0: There's nothing for them to scout right now.
1: Let's go fight.
0: You know, there's no, there's no amateur baseball. There's no yeah. high school baseball. There's no college baseball. You know, you're paying these guys to sit around. You mm-hmm. know, at some point, look, what's going to, every team is firing scouts right now. At some point mm-hmm. when amateur baseball winds back up, Mm-hmm. Scouts will get rehired. But there's there's no reason to keep a scouting staff when there's nothing to scout.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: I mean, it sucks for them because they've got bills right. to pay, but you know, that's I think that's the overarching attitude of major league baseball. I, oh. You know major league baseball teams are not particularly known for being philanthropic towards the people. Right, that <laughs> right we've seen that you know players come players go but trash ownership is forever (laughs) so uh i
1: don't know so so we haven't uh, we haven't dived too much into the future of the cubs
0: or the fact what past tense of dive is dove dived is that what i keep saying?
1: you keep saying dived yeah what is that not twice i said it
0: what's the future of the cubs
1: doom yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's all doom i mean it's pretty it's pretty uh pretty set that Theo is done after this year, right he's going to go do something else, and Judd Hoyer's going to take over
0: yeah um I don't know what Theo's going to do, but yeah, I would assume Hoyer takes over as president of baseball ops mm-hmm. McLeod moves into the g m spot that's a long time for Hoyer to wait well, you might also see uh Epstein just walk now rather than be a lame duck for a year it's not like it's not like there's any magic thing that Epstein has left to teach Jed Hoyer. Right. So Epstein can go home, you know, get, you know, they'll make him consultant or something. Yeah. He'll keep drawing a paycheck from the Cubs for a year, just so that way there's a year between now and him going to any other team. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I mean, I think the only reason for him to stick around at this point is if he thinks the Cubs are going to win it all next year. And I mean, it's not impossible, but do any of us actually think the Cubs currently look like winning it all
0: next year no no they don't and you know part of that is i think when theo put this team together and talked about sustained success you know part of it was the fact that i think he had a better better hopes for developing pitchers in the farm system and right now is when we're just starting to see some minor league pitchers come to fruition after 10 years you know, we've got. I mean, the the only Cub who came through the Cubs system who had any kind of contribution to the team this year was Dwayne Underwood Jr.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now, granted, that'll change next year with Alzolay, but still, it's a long time coming for a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh,
1: but, Thomas but,
0: also, Hatch, but Thomas Hatch, Thomas Hatch,
1: Thomas Hatch had success in in, in Toronto. Right. That was, he was an old cub. Yeah. Uh, But I'm just saying, right. Like, like you use your assets to make the trades also, if that's what you need to do.
0: But I think, uh, I think part of it too, was when, when the Cubs won the fact that the Ricketts family just basically shut off the spigot Uh because, you know, the formula in baseball is when you put together a winning team, at some point you start using, uh, the money that you've got to keep, to keep it going. Uh So, you know, they won in 2016 and they went out and they, you know, a Chapman left, they traded Jorge Soler for Wade Davis, Uh which, you know, helped a lot in 2017. Wade Davis Uh was great. And, uh, but after that, there was just nothing, you know, the cupboard was bare and, you know, there were guys that you could see that could help the Cubs and just, you know, didn't have the money they didn't give Epstein the money and the green light to go do it. Once, yeah, they'd I mean, won, once they'd won that World Series, they knew that was something they could cash in on for a long time.
1: And how much of it was uh, also all the weird deals surrounding you know them buying up uh, all the Wrigleyville spots and them buying up all the rooftops, them buying up all of the neighborhood. Yeah, but the, um, thing
0: with, the thing with the way that all works is that all goes into the Ricketts family's pockets, but not through the Chicago Cubs. So it's, okay. it's revenue generated by the Cubs that's not part of revenue sharing. Okay. Because it's all other corporations. So we're mm-hmm. down to just under two minutes left. So yeah. uh, what is the one thing you expect to see happen with the Cubs over the next uh, month and a half, two months, between now and the end of the year? Tonk, start with you.
2: Uh, I'm, I, I don't expect a lot to happen, to be honest with you. I think um, there's so much... I mean, and we've seen this uh, anyway in the last couple of years that nothing happens uh, really until sort of um, well after Christmas. And there's so much uncertainty at the moment. I think absolutely nothing is going to happen for the foreseeable future about pretty much anything at all.
1: Okay, Oleg? Yeah, there's, there's, I, I think that Tarker's right. There's a lot of... Uh uh, unknowns. Uh, but I do think that there might be a surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Lester came back on a, on a short deal, um, like you said earlier. Um, but otherwise, I, I, I don't know that I'd expect much in the next month and a half. Um, I think if the Cubs are at all active, uh, they, there might be some trades to your point earlier, maybe trading Schwarber, but they might not come till January, February, once everything gets settled, uh, settled with the, with the free agents. And if the Cubs do sign any free agents, I kind of expect it to be on the periphery. And I probably kind of expect it to be out in that January, February timeframe. So I think maybe there's, maybe Lester comes back in the next month and a half, two months, but I don't think much is going to happen.
0: Okay. And uh, we've got less than a minute to go. So I'm going to say really quickly, Baez extension, Epstein leaving.
1: Oh, that's, that's, that'd be a lot. That's a lot happening. That's a lot.